tuning in to the Loser Kid Pinball Podcast. We are on episode 85. With me, my co-captain, as always. Scott Larson. And Scott, it's it's another wonderful day, isn't it? It's another wonderful day. There's yeah, a lunar it, eclipse going on right now. Yeah. There, well, and, and Spider-Man is making an appearance at your house, appears. Apparently, that's what happens <laughs> when you have an 11-year-old with a Spider-Man mask. Uh, let's hurry and talk about our sponsor before we get to our guest. Yeah, we got flipping out pinball. Uh, so again, if you have that uh, that burning desire for that special pinball, uh, go ahead and contact Zach and Nicole Mini. They will be able to find the uh, your heart's desire. Um, you know, I actually this is one of the random times when I don't have a lot of stuff pending. So, but uh, hey, hopefully there'll be a new machine coming out here soon, and maybe there'll be something coming up. But yeah, uh, maybe we'll talk about that. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, contact Zach and Nicole. And if you know what, that pinball machine isn't doing it for you, try to get an Escalera or maybe get a big buck hunter for your home. So check all their uh, arcading options they have there. Well, you know, you know, the topper king, he's got a bunch of toppers in. So go look Ooh, at the list on true. their website, too. So, yep. well, you know, I met this gentleman. I don't know. It's been a, at least over a year ago, maybe more. And. Uh, I watched his streams. I was very intrigued because I am a huge Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy fan. And I noticed, don't panic, flip. And I'm like, that's got to be part of that, you know? And so I jump on the stream and I meet George. And this guy's enthusiasm and streams are amazing. And so we, I've been wanting to have him on for a while now. And we've we've had the opportunity. So now we have George Fisher. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. Oh, that was so that was so mellow. That was like NPR right yeah, there. Exactly. <laughs> well, yeah, the I've got the the mic all set up here. I feel like I'm 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 ready to 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 focus on just just talking at this mm-hmm. point. Yeah. So how do you how do you feel about the conflict in the Middle East or Ukraine? Can you give me your... <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I will tell you because I didn't tell you guys this before because I wanted to be shocked ready for this. I, yep. I I I feel uh grungy right now because I'm sitting in so much glitter. I don't know why my wife decided to use the pinball machines as her spot for like kids clothes. And it looks like a male entertainer has been all over my basement because there is glitter everywhere. You know what? It could be any entertainer, really. Maybe. Yeah. The, uh, when, when we first got married, um, there was someone above us who she liked to glam up and she would go and glitter bomb herself on her porch and for some reason, it would just kind of fly down. So my my one year old would be crawling around in glitter all the time. I hope you guys are. Uh, I hope you're you're ready to have glitter just for the next week and a half, pretty mm-hmm. much everywhere. Yes. Yeah, you you've heard Dimitri Martin talk about glitter. It's the it's it's the uh, it's the herpes of craft supplies. Every time the sun comes out, flare up. Oh, there it is. Yep. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my goodness. All right, enough about us and our weird glitter stuff. George, tell us about yourself. How long you been in this hobby and uh, why the crap you're even here? And how much glitter do you use on a daily basis? Yes. So I think I want to start with the best question first. The amount of glitter that I use on a daily basis. I only used a small amount today mm-hmm. and uh, it's usually usually a significant amount every other weekend while I've got my daughter here. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm relatively new in the scheme of things uh, to pinball. Uh, it was about 2017. Uh, my ex at the time was looking to get uh, a pinball machine. I had just purchased uh, my first Multicade and was playing tons of um, 
Pac-Man and uh, and Galaga and uh, man Arkanoid and uh, Super Breakout uh, was absolutely loving it and uh, wanted to to get something comparable uh, for her and uh, her request was a pinball machine. Um, <laughs> I hated pinball. Uh, grew up feeling like pinball was just a waste of quarters. Uh, would much rather put it in another machine where I feel like I could be good at something. I didn't understand that there was rules, that there was the concept of modes and progression in a game, and uh, even that there was simple things like trapping up. And it, it not that that information wasn't there, I just never obviously took the time to figure it out. So did some research. This was shortly after uh, Ghostbusters came out. Decided that Ghostbusters theme-wise was uh, right in line with uh, something we both liked. And uh, Pinball Machine was going to be a really big investment. It wasn't something I wanted to fix, so I definitely wanted to grab something new. Uh, ended up going to a local place called Pinball Jones. Uh, threw, uh, I think, what, $5 into the quarter machine and went through it very quickly on Ghostbusters. Not only is that game brutal, but I just was flipping the flippers around kind of thing. But uh, two games away or a game right next to me, there was a guy named Levi who looked over and uh, said, hey, you know, there's more to it than just flipping the flippers and trying to keep it out from from going straight down the middle or down an out lane. And, uh, and I'm like, oh, really? Yeah. And he just walked me through. Uh, I'm playing on Medieval Madness. He just walked me through simple things like trapping up and the benefits of that versus aiming and where to aim, you know, shoot the flashing lights. That, uh, that mantra I feel like we've all heard. And that was the beginning of the end. Uh, shortly after that, purchased my, uh, my first game. Uh, I fell in love, and uh, my, my ex was very frustrated at how much time I was spending in pinball. Ended up joining a league, and uh, actually Levi's uh, dad and sister ended up kind of taking me under their wing and teaching me all of the games in league. And that was a really, really good time. Uh, still do league two to three times a year. And... Um, but also found that as I was playing, uh, most of the local places closed or just uh, my work schedule didn't enable me at the time because I had a, I'm trying to think of how old my daughter was at the time, but she was probably two or three years old in so 2013 and this would have been 2017. So she was about um, three to four years old. And uh, basically everybody was sleeping at that point by about 10 o'clock at night. So 10 to one, I kind of had to myself, and I'd play pinball, uh, and I happened to spot, it was straight down the middle, actually, on uh, on YouTube. At that point, I didn't really know about Twitch, and uh, saw Zach and Greg do, uh, you know, I had watched their videos, but saw them do a, a live stream on YouTube, and was able to chat with them, and I'm like, man, this is, this is fantastic. So... Uh, I decided to, that uh, that's, that's what I wanted. I wanted to have the ability to, to talk to people about pinball, but not have to go out <laughs> of the house to get it done and, and play my pinball games. And uh, I, but at the same time, I'm also like the worst at multitasking. So I spent several months doing local recordings um, and posting those to, to, to YouTube uh, afterwards, no editing at all initially. In fact, I rarely edit uh, unless I'm doing any kind of fun videos um, even now. And uh, eventually, uh, while I was doing YouTube, um, and I was following some some other gamers on YouTube, like MF Pallytime uh, for Heroes of the Storm, and there was a few others, and um, Pallytime was talking about maybe making the switch over to Twitch, 
And I just didn't understand the concept of what made Twitch popular until, um, until I actually made the jump and started watching Heroes of the Storm over on Twitch and realized that I could, I could actually engage with the streamers and it, it just offered up this whole other level of fun. That's how I found um, Jack Danger, Pinball Undesirables, um, Buffalo Pinball, to name a few that were all streaming at that time. And it was just, it was a lot of fun. So um, after several months of, uh, of being on YouTube, decided to switch to, um, to Twitch and uh, did that for several months before um, Alnonymous came on my stream one time. And, and he said that he was on a, on a mission to get everybody to, to switch to over, over to 60 frames per second. And, uh, and, and for whatever reason, that was a, that was a fun trigger for me, like where I, where I realized that it wasn't just in streaming about, it didn't just have to be about, you know, doing the, the bare minimum, uh, that, that there's a possibility for either upgrading your equipment or upgrading your knowledge of the equipment to, to, to put out something better. And, and suddenly it, it, it just something clicked in my brain and and i realized that what i really wanted to do was not just be able to engage with the community and and learn more about pinball and do it with the the pinball machines i have but i wanted to go on location and and build equipment that that allowed me to to set up quicker or more efficiently and still provide that fluid beautiful play field that you some you see on 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 at the time very few streams uh, with with good audio and the good audio honestly didn't come until much later uh, just another one of those like switches like that 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 clicked one day I realized I'm like wow this this streamer's audio is amazing how do I get that kind of audio and um, yeah and that's that's just the, the the rabbit hole of of streaming coming across uh, other streamers who do something kind of different or unique or just seeing something that helps open your eyes to the to the possibilities of of what of what your stream or other streams could be and uh, and another one was I, I was on a stream and I saw this at the time I had no idea what it was but it turns out it was Boca which is uh, um, a very uh, it, it's the, the aperture rating on a on a lens is uh, is very small so like a 1.8 as opposed to a a 4.5 or a 5 or something like that and and it allows the focus to be specific while the the background gets blurred out or whatever you're not focused on to be blurred out and I just fell in love and it's something I have abused horribly and yeah Manu I I, I know everyone else out there I know I abuse it but I love it uh saturation is another thing I, I like bright colors um and I feel like I've backed off there, but but um, but Boca is still one of those things. And and what got me was um, I couldn't I couldn't figure out what it was. Like I couldn't figure out what the right question to ask was in order to create to create that. So I had to go out to the community and start asking questions, which drove the Discord, which then drove this this want to to make sure everyone had all of the information possible to to stream at a quality level that was like bordering on cinematic. And, uh, and, and that's where we are today with the, the pinball community and, and just this ridiculous community of, of streamers who are constantly pushing the envelope on, on, on quality and what's possible on integrations. You got so many fun things like, uh, like I ski who has, um, uh, 
the ability through redemptions to turn to like flip as flippers. So the right flips the left and the left flips as right, or you can invert them. And, you know, there's, there's all kinds of lighting integrations now with software where people watching can actually trigger light shows in people's homes. And then you've got other streamers like Frisco Pinball and, uh, and obviously Manu from MPT3K who are just pushing the boundaries of what, of all the fun, cool things. And it, and it goes so much more than that. Even it's not just like what's technically feasible, but it becomes kind of an art to figure out, um, to, to, to think of how to incorporate, uh, uh, th this engagement with the audience in different unique ways. Another great one is uh, surreal underscore seven who has to this day, I think one of the greatest, uh, um, uh, audience engagement, uh, redemptions, which is, uh, the lights dim and they, and they flash on and off. And he's got another set of lights behind a door that flash on and get brighter and softer and brighter. Uh, and it starts, uh, the growl from Ghostbusters and then ultimately Sigourney Weaver's, uh, scream. And it's, it's, it's visual in that it's create, recreating the scene, but there's also sound and it's all timed beautifully. And then you have the lighting and it's all triggered from a single redemption. And it's, it's, it's a different level of immersion. And, and seeing that I feel like is, is just what's so awesome about the streaming hobby as a whole and, and really shows what the community can do when everybody puts their, their collective heads together to, to help each other as opposed to, you know, like just trying to, trying to only do your thing, right? Like how do we, how do I do this and, and how do I do it in a way to, to teach other people or not even teach, maybe just put the idea out there and ask for feedback and find out like, oh, you know, I thought, I thought this was the limit, but it turns out like you can actually do this A, B, and C over here. And, and you just blew my mind with what I could potentially do next. It's, it's so great to be a part of that community. Okay. Fun little side note. Uh, when we were recording this, Scott had noticed that our timer froze, and he's like, are we still recording? And I looked at the recording, and it claimed that we'd record the first 12 minutes of the podcast. So I said, we're good, but let's start a new recording just to be safe. So we stopped, we started to do a new recording. Well, while I started to edit this, <laughs> it actually only started, it only recorded the first four minutes. So that spot you just heard by George is his origin story they resubmitted to us. And somehow we'd got from his origin story to competitive players on stream to exploiting games for competition. And that's where we're picking up. So just so you know why this is jumping from origin story to competition play, that's why. And that's the whole point of competitive pinball. You know it's actually a great rule set if the modes actually enhance what you're planning on doing as a competitive rule. Because a lot of times competitive players, again, they're only focused on how can I maximize uh, the amount of points I can get while maintaining the safest amount of shots. Yeah. And so there are many games where it's shoot the right ramp or, or shoot something. It's not, it, it's not really a full gamut of the machine. And uh, a game that is, is a great tournament game has a couple of combinations. One, there are multiple ways. It's not just shoot the left, uh, the left target. It's, it's five different ways that you can possibly do it. And then depending on your situation, you can actually exploit that. And the rules are balanced yeah. in that not one way of playing is going to significantly outweigh the other ones. And that, that is a, that is really the magic of having expert tournament players who are designing rule sets because they understand all that. 
Yes. They they have played in a competitive setting and they certainly do not want a game that you're, you know, it's a combination shoot right, shoot left, shoot scoop, cash out. The other thing I've noticed in in spending a little bit more time with competitive players to me is that um I, I'm I'm in software and I spend time like we were talking about earlier there being uh some interesting personalities in pinball well that even more so uh i feel like multiplied a few times in the software industry there's some really interesting people out there and you'll find um the way that sometimes software gets developed or on the flip side of things, when you're, you're doing security and penetration testing, um, there's a, there's a certain mindset, uh, that, that has to do with kind of trying to, to figure out where the weaknesses in, in software are. And, uh, occasionally you, you, you come across that. And what, um, I've seen, I think consistently from all of the really high competitive players, I've spoke to is this want to find where those weaknesses are in existing code and find out where there's a a break and where somebody didn't program something appropriately, like checking um, uh, when there's an increasing, let's say, jackpot in some sort of a situation with, let's say, Game of Thrones. If you get into a particular multi-ball and you get into uh, a progression where it adds 10 million for for every jackpot, for every jackpot you had completed previously, but you find out that the code left something open and never put a cap on it, so you can continue doing that and you throw a multiplier on top of it and suddenly you're scoring a billion or two or three billion points a shot. It's that kind of hacking, I feel like, for lack of a better term, yeah. that that I've found in some of these discussions. And uh, a really cool one that came up recently, um, I don't remember the the tournament, but there was a, a competitive player who... Um, took a known bug in Johnny Mnemonic where uh, when you when you grab the ball, you can move it over and place it on the pad. Uh, mm-hmm. And there's a there's a, a, a three by three pad that allows you to do things. But if instead you just drop the ball back on the on the table, it then shoots it back up and gives you 40 million points oh. or oh. some number of points. So you just constantly do that <laughs> over and over again. And it does require hitting some of the buttons on the table. And, you know, you've got several a billion points if you do it enough times yeah. enough to. I, to I think a lot of competitive players, isn't the glove disabled because of that exploit? Uh, I'm not sure if it was because of that specific. exploit, but I do think they're often disabled. Well, and I, I love that game. If I could get another Johnny back, it's it's so fun to get the, the times three or whatever it is once you get the three balls and then apply it to the spinner. And then just start hitting the spinner for all those points. Oh, it feels so good. I don't know. I like those exploits. I mean, look at uh, look at Shadow. You know, they found out a competitive exploit years ago where you just shoot the left orbit and then the inner loop over and over and over. And there was never a cap put on that scoring. And it exactly. just it just excels. If you if you're just hitting it over and over and over, I mean, jackpots are worth what, like 20 million, and all of a sudden you're getting like 300 million a shot. Because it never caps out, so it just like, yeah, it, duh, it's awesome. <laughs> if if you yeah. don't know what I'm talking about, check out Bo and Karen's tutorial of Shadow. He goes through three different strategies of, or competitive strategies of how to play Shadow, and the last one is the the outer orbit to the inner loop, and it's hilarious because he just starts, he's cracking up at how many points are coming out of this game, and he's like, this is obviously if you can do this, this is obviously the way to play Shadow. So, with Johnny Demonic, I haven't spent a lot of time playing it, um, but I. I saw the movie at the theater when it came out and there was a heroin addicted porpoise that hacks it, Like I, I 
with with Ice Cube working with the porpoise who is fed heroin to keep them focused on <laughs> on hacking computer systems like i how do you how do you beat that in terms of theme we do you remember the story with george gomez on that one like they watched he watched the movie and he walked out of the movie theater got on the phone he's like can we change the uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. can we get out of this can we get out of this because it was terrible yeah <laughs> but they had signed an agreement saying they do that do it without even seeing the movie so they just kind of like got general information what was gonna be in the movie and so they're like they just started putting in the game and then they got to watch and he's like oh <laughs> yeah. we should have said no. no it was a screening it was a, it was a screening he actually flew out there to see it yeah is that what it was yeah <laughs> it, you know here's the funny thing is i've i've still never played a johnny mnemonic oh they're so good it's, i like I, it i don't know how many they actually made i think three thousand somewhere around there yeah, but it's it's not one of those games that's still out there. It seems that um, uh, most of the time they're modded to Matrix or something like that. Uh, we we just had two in Utah, so. Really? Mm. Yeah. Okay. All right. Anywho, moving on. So, I want I want to tease something really quick. We we've been putting a puzzle piece up on Facebook about kind of the project we've been working on. I want to give another hint right now, George. We talked about a little bit about this in Texas. And uh, once I finally was like, yes, I'm doing this, you were one of the first people I called. And uh, I, I pitched you the idea, and you were super on board. And then, yeah, I, I was so stoked. I, you know, I, I after talking to you at Texas, I, I wasn't too concerned. But uh, I, I don't know what to say. I, I, I know we're slowly trickling out the information. I'm I'm beaming with excitement because of what we're doing. Uh, I don't know what, what sold you on the concept. If you can, if we can tease it, be as vague as possible. Away. Yeah, let's, sure. Yeah. yeah you might, you might have to edit some of this. You know how Tom Holland gets made fun of for giving stuff away all the time about, uh, Marvel. I'm, yes. I'm the mm -hmm. person who called the, 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 the birthday boy directly because I realized he was left out of the email about his birthday party, but I didn't connect <laughs> the two dots. I'm like, Oh my God, how did we miss Mike? <laughs> Let me call Mike and be like, Oh my God, there's a big party happen. Oh, it's your surprise birthday party. I'm hanging <laughs> <Yeah>. up. <laughs> so, um, I, uh, when, wow, trying to be super vague here, um, a getting an opportunity to do anything, uh, with Scott and Josh, I'm like, I'm, I'm in that's number one. Um, and number two, uh, once you mentioned um, what it would be benefiting, uh, I, I've had a, a good amount of experience uh, recently and uh, just over the past couple of years and uh, and anything I can do, I feel like to help out specifically with that, I, uh, I, I would love to, to help out with. Perfect. Love it. That, that's that's good and vague enough. That, that, that's pretty good. Absolutely. The birthday boy still doesn't know about the surprise party. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny, too, because I've been kind of going crazy with this. And Scott had left on vacation. He's been gone for, what, 10 days or something? Yeah, like I, I actually I planned a cruise with my family two and a half years ago. And it has been put off twice for, because of COVID. And so we we just barely took the cruise. And yeah, it was like, it, it, so Josh pitched this. I'm like, okay, great. I'm going to be in the Caribbean. I'll talk to you in 10 days. <laughs> he gets back and he gets, he sends me a message like, what the heck have you been doing while I yeah. was gone? <laughs> yeah, I was like 300, 300 pages. And what is this, what is this group feed that I'm, I'm part of? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so excited. You don't even know. All right. We're, we'll move on. But, uh, 
Yeah. So Okay, well, I, I want to talk to you a little bit about streaming. And, okay, you, you brought this up before, but I want to talk about it now. You actually had some equipment stolen from you. Yeah, what what the crap? And so, like, okay, one, I I would have no idea what equipment I would need to stream. That's one thing. But two, to have your setup basically stolen from you when you're trying to to stream. Um, wow. Okay, so lead us through that. Tell us what happened. Uh, so it was just after Texas Pinball Festival uh, ended. I uh, decided to go out and go see um, a movie. Uh, just down the street from TPF, uh, there was a Cinemark or like a big Cinemark just down the street. And uh, I so I have a I have a Jeep Gladiator and I have I had all of my equipment in the uh, in the bed of the truck, not locked up, okay. except for the really expensive stuff, um, which I put into the cab and locked it up. And I. Uh, and that was uh, that. That was my my streaming camera, like the the as as MPT three K would say the 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 talent cam, uh, my playfield cam, uh, the second playfield cam. I had a an Edelkrone um, motorized uh, uh, tripod and like movement system that allowed you to uh, like tilt pan um, uh, and interpolate between two different positions. You guys, I, I think you guys saw that at uh, at TPF and and yeah. Expo. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and all of that along with my, with my personal laptop, uh, all got, all got taken, uh, from inside the cab of the vehicle. Wow. Um, but nothing in the bed got taken, which is interesting because I, I had, uh, I had a, a, a magic, the gathering cube that I had brought hoping to, uh, to do some, uh, some, some, uh, magic. Um, if you guys are familiar with magic, the gathering, but, uh, yes, you can do, um, uh, you can do a draft. Right. So I okay. put together yeah. mm-hmm. a cube of like 540 of the greatest magic cards of all time. And nice. uh, and I've got maybe about uh, it's probably about 100 games played on it. And we recorded all the statistics of every single game and uh, and changed the cards in in the cube over roughly two years time after every single game to try and coordinate and get and get each color down to about a 20 percent win rate. So the the cube as it stands now is between like a uh, between twenty point five and nineteen point five I think for for every every color, and it's almost a hundred percent all actual cards. That was the most expensive thing, and that was just sitting unprotected in the back. I'm an idiot, evidently. We're thinking wow. that people just won't take stuff, but they took the 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 laptop and the majority of my streaming gear uh, from Cinemark just down the street of uh, like seriously a short walk away from TPF. Wow. And that sucks. Yes. Who? So, how long did it take you to get the get all that stuff back? Do you, have you been able to restock yet? So, I've got uh, a new Playfield camera, um, which is uh, that one is is it, it was an A sixty four hundred from Sony that I was using uh, with a, a standard lens uh, like the the kit lens, and I bumped it up to the A sixty five hundred, thinking that that's going to be my more standard like bring with me. Uh, style camera for for like kid photo shoots and stuff, which I had packed up with me all this weekend while uh, I was doing um, um, it, like outside walking stuff with um, with my kid and then a couple of the neighbor kids and just taking pictures all over the place, throw them up on Dropbox and send them to all the parents. So that was a, a minor upgrade. I went from the A6400 to the A6500 um, and grabbed a couple of lenses. I was able to, to grab those off of uh, Craigslist close by and 
and now is not the time to buy any kind of, I feel like electronic devices, be it yeah. laptops or cameras, everything is really expensive. Um, the player cam, on the other hand, I, I, it was never justified the first time through the amount of money <laughs> I feel like I spent and, and the, the style of equipment I went with, which was the, um, the Sony FX three, which is a cinema style cam camera, uh, that I had for the player cam. And that wasn't just for streaming. Um, I'm, uh, working on a web series with my daughter about her stuffed animal. And, uh, I, I just, I like filming stuff. I don't know if you guys have ever seen the silly commercials we put together for TPN about pudding and about the, that yes. it's a, okay. There's the, the pudding one. There's the one where like TPN is a drug that can make you feel better. And, uh, there was one about uh, positive drug kids, like, uh, like Smurf yes, berries sorry, or yeah, not hair style yes. drugs, but like, a yeah. like a, like Prozac or something like that. Sure. Um, and uh, there was uh, two others, uh, two, two others we, we did over time that were a lot of fun. And I just really enjoyed doing that. So I kind of wanted to ha start heading that direction of doing a lot more um, maybe film things, but keep it kind of silly and, and fun and enjoyable. And my daughter loves the editing portion of things. Like as we give characters superpowers using some some really easy tools in Adobe Premiere, she just loves every second of it. So it's a it's a great way for for us to, to hang out and have a good time. Um, and uh, so, but that camera was fantastic. And the lenses I picked up for that camera, which also were all taken, unfortunately, oh, um, were just really, yeah, heartbreaking, uh, especially knowing that in afterwards, insurance won't pay for any of it. Because okay, you, so, make, you make money off of Twitch. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. You, you know what you should have done is you should have said that you make them for adult recreational videos in your home. To share with your friends, okay, you and then they would have you need to be really careful with that term. <laughs> <laughs> just, uh, just letting you know, just there's a red line there. I don't, I don't make any money off this. We just share it amongst friends, you know. Yeah. Wow, wrong. Okay, only um, friends. Nope, sorry. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> mechanical bull riding is is a hobby. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> you know, what? I'm just going to move on. Uh, so if I were to get into streaming, okay, so I know nothing about streaming and this is a role-playing scenario. And the good news is I literally know nothing about streaming and you are an expert on streaming. What would you tell me? Hey, this is what you need to do. This is your entry level into getting streaming. Go. Um, so for equipment, you want to start out with whatever you have available. Um, the, the, the difficulty in streaming, uh, and this is something I, I've come across so many times with new streamers is that they want, they want cinema style quality right away. And they want to dump a lot of money into it before they get started. But the, the problem with streaming honestly is kind of consistency. Um, so, uh, when you start streaming you, there, you're likely not going to get many people watching. And you might do it for several months and it feels, it can feel awful when you're out there and you, you maybe have a one or two viewers for, for several months and occasionally you get a raid and it feels fantastic and you get chat going like there's, especially when you're doing it solo without people being there with you. Um, it's, it, it, it can be difficult, uh, if you don't have the energy from chat, uh, kind of helping drive things along, which is something you see so easy uh, that, that seems so easy to come by when you're, when you're watching other streamers like Jack or like Manu from MPT3K or 
any of these other streamers that have, you know, 60 to 100 people. And they just, they they seem so energized every time they they get on stream and they're talking with people. There's lots of back and forth. They're playing, they're stopping, they're, they're, so it, it takes a while to get to that point. And you have to, you have to make sure that, that you enjoy doing it for the sake of streaming first. Yes. And then afterwards you can worry about quality and you can worry about, you know, what, what, what technology can you, can you pick up to make things easier, like a stream deck or maybe better cameras if you want to, if you want to increase your quality. Right. And, uh, so that is step one, whatever you have available now, be it maybe a camera on your laptop, the microphone on your laptop, maybe pick up a, a 920 or something like that. The CX405 is an excellent camera that we have done so many videos on comparing the CX405 by Sony alongside the A6400 or an A6000 or the FX3 even, um, and showing how it's actually kind of difficult sometimes to tell the difference in camera quality between something which is less than $100, be it the CX405, and something which is, you know, five to $6,000. So, um, yeah, finding that, finding that, an, uh, a minimum amount of of equipment to to do it just well enough to not have your quality send people away i think is 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 a really really good starting point and then after that finding finding a spot and uh and building a schedule and then being consistent for a certain amount of time seems like the best way to get going and uh and finally getting to a place where you're you're happy streaming because it's something you enjoy doing because there's no there's no uh, short of Jack and now um, Carl, i.e. Pinball, just got uh, his, uh, his Twitch partnership, and uh, there's Buffalo Pinball. I think that's that's pretty much it on the the pinball line of of partners on on Twitch, and the the likelihood of of anybody else who focuses on on pinball really hitting that if they're just going to focus on pinball is is minimal. So make sure you're doing it for because it makes you happy and you enjoy it. I enjoy streaming, but I have a hard time of finding. A happy medium of when the kids aren't in the house versus you know what i'm saying because like with you you've picked what usually on about 10 p.m mountain eastern time so that's 12 eastern nine o'clock california time and uh i assume you do that because it's, it's a little more quiet in the house you're kind of away from the family and whatnot uh that's kind of what i'd have to do but the problem is my basement shares the wall with my son's bedroom and so that's the problem i think i either have kids running around screaming <laughs> Or I've got to be dead silent for the bedtime, right? So, right. and so that's so, why I have a hard time with consistency on that part. And and I start out with I'm like I have extra cell phones in my house because apparently you know you never get rid of your old one. You just buy a new one, and the mm -hmm. old one goes in the drawer. Uh, a lot of my Androids have apps that you can use to link to your computer, and so I just use all my old phones for my Playfield camera, my my Player camera, all that stuff. I haven't spent a dime on streaming. I need a new laptop anyway. So it's like, well, I bought the laptop. Ray Day gave me the specs on which one he uses. It's a gaming laptop, which I'm all for gaming. So oh, yeah? why not? I mean, and I felt like it was a good investment too. And so really, I'm I'm not even out money because I need a laptop anyway. So that's my recommendation. Like, like George is saying, find kind of the minimal place. Figure out if you enjoy doing it, if it's realistic for you to do. And just have fun with it. It's it's fun when people come in like tealless and, and give you crap while you're playing like, you're flipping too much. You need to stop. Now, <laughs> uh, Teal Teal would be say, "Smash the smash the action button. Hit yes. it! Hit it! Hit it! Yes, yeah. you're playing turtles. It's it's pizza party yeah. now. Pizza, fast, 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 fast. Get forty, get forty slaps now. Okay, I know we'll get to this at the end too. But George, if they want to catch you streaming, when can they do that? 
So that is uh, three nights a week, uh, Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday, Monday and Tuesday on don'tpanicflip.com from 10 o'clock p.m. until roughly 12 o'clock a.m. Mountain Time. And uh, Thursday is uh, 10 o'clock p.m. to 12 o'clock a.m., but on uh, the Pinball Network's channels, which would be twitch.tv slash pinball network, facebook.com slash the pinball network, and youtube.com slash the pinball network. Nice. And I highly recommend it. You know, um, I know Zach Many had gave you kind of some accolades a couple months ago for your transitions and stuff. And I'd never really noticed them, but they're so high quality. Uh, I remember one stream where you were playing and you're like, oh, we need to change the record. And like it shuffled to the record player really well. You had a camera just for the record player. It's like we're gonna we're gonna put on the next the next album, whatever it was. And you put it on and then it shot right back to you playing pinball. I was like, that's like legit, like awesome stuff like it, i don't know it was it was pretty cool I, that was about that same time i had uh, uh we were getting djs actually uh, there was a uh, there was an interesting time period where um dj ruche and uh manu and i feel like there was a couple of other streamers uh who had built up some fun relationships with DJs. Uh, and, and there was this huge focus on not only playing music, but having live DJs, DJ pinball streams. And uh, there was a good like three to six month period where, where that was happening. And I, I love specifically the one you're talking about was I was in a multi-ball and, uh, and we needed to flip the record. And I had just initiated multi-ball. I think it was on Stranger Things. And I hit the scene swap button to that, ran over while the multi-ball <laughs> was, was still running. And it was just initiated. So I still had a bunch of ball save, uh, flipped over the record and ran back and was able to, to swap over the, the, the scene using, yes. uh, using just the, the, the stream deck to switch between them. It was great. Nice. It was awesome. What were you going to... I cut you off, Scott, didn't I? Oh, no, you? no. It's, it's, it's fine. I would... Well... So I, I guess I was kind of wondering, I how uh, DJ and pinball, I, that sounds fun as like a party atmosphere, but if you're actually trying to hear the sounds of the game, you're trying to do the call-outs, and you're actually trying to explain to people what's going on, how do you balance that? That is a really good question. I um, The call-outs of the game are one thing, and you can direct pull audio from most pinball games, especially Stearns. It's really easy. They have kits. Uh, and you can get th a 3.5 millimeter jack and and run it directly into something like a, a Go XLR in the line input, and suddenly you have direct audio uh, running uh, right into your stream. So you can then adjust the volume of that as necessary without creating an echo, especially if you're feeding that back through something like uh, headphones like we have on right now. Um, but um, I typically turn off music for most of the games that uh, that, that I play, mostly just because you, you you play a game you know 30 or 40 times. I don't need to hear the music anymore. Like I, and I know I'm going to upset you guys when I say this, but like I, I streamed rush with the music on, I think for one session. And since then, I don't think I've played with the music on uh, a boy, a boy. No, <laughs> you know, I'm going to, I'm going to kick you guys both out and I'm going to start loser kid two pinball. That's it. Done. <laughs> Is that like coast to coast or head to head loser kid two pinball? Two pinball, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Like well, that. considering when Josh signed up for uh, for Stern Insider, he just jumped on the in, the Loser Kid too. So I, or the Loser Kid. So I basically had to settle for Loser Kid too. So, so to to bring it back around, then Scott, to what you you were asking about, how do you focus on the game? Like, there's um, a when I have that audio coming in, I have the ability to adjust the, the volume, and sometimes I'll I'll bring down that incoming audio so that way I can walk through something if if necessary. 
But for the most part, it's exactly like you said, it's more of a party atmosphere. I've got my volume turned up. I've got the game volume turned down. There's some great music in the background that honestly is just fun. And we, we I, I try to put as much focus on the on the DJ or on that third party as as possible. And the chat usually talks about uh, what's happening, trying to zoom in and actually see the how the someone's hands are moving or the buttons that they're pressing, right? Because that's it's great. I want to show off pinball, and uh, man, I hope I'm playing well enough to justify people being in. But uh, a huge part of of pinball when you're not uh, a Raymond Davidson or or an Escher is is not the quality of gameplay, but maybe the enjoyability of of hanging out with um, either the, the the streamer and or the the community that streamer has. Don't let George fool you. He's a good player too. I mean, when I was watching you play Jurassic Park, when you can get to uh, was it King of the Island multiball? Was it with the T Rex and the uh, the Spinosaurus or whatever? Spinosaurus start fighting. You're like, mm -hmm. we're, we're we're there. Let's do this again. I was like, again, you're doing it for like a second time on stream tonight. Like, <laughs> I have a hard time getting to it just as is. You know? Hey, I'm just lucky but, if I get past the second dinosaur. So, and that and that's going to left or right, not actually trying to get the big guys. Park is one of those amazing games, though. I, I still, to this day, feel like I, I'm disappointed that I got rid of my first Jurassic Park because it played perfectly. Uh, I ordered another Jurassic Park from California, had it shipped out, um, and the play field's warped. Oh, so it makes it particularly difficult because the outlanes just act like magnets to, for, mm. the, for the ball as it sends it over there. But... When Usher comes over and plays, he can beat the game easy peasy every single time. So it can't be that difficult. I'm just, I make it look really difficult, I think. Gotcha. Yeah. Isn't Usher like top 10 in the world? What He's number he? two right now. Yeah. See, I, mm, <laughs> yeah, that, that's like saying it can't be that hard because Ray Day can do it. Right. I, see, I, and you, you were actually watching, so we were supposed to record a couple nights ago and I was packing up my Jurassic Park pro oh. and i got myself a whitewater and you're like no where's your where why where's it going i've always wanted whitewater i'm so ecstatic you don't I, even know i i love this game it i still feel game. that whitewater will definitely be part of the remakes you like think that yeah oh, i think so i hope so if it gets an updated code set oh, of i i think it'll have to get an updated code but that uh that layout the fun factor is still way up there and the flow is good. There, there, there's a good mix between flow and stop with it, mm -hmm. um, depending on how you're playing it. But that insanity fall shot, even my son Carter, we were playing it today. He's like, that shot feels so good. It's so cool coming down those rapids. Yeah, and it hits it's, the glass every time. Always scares yes, me. I love it. Wow. That's the O shot on, on Jurassic Park. And the, yes. like, the flow on Jurassic Park is... It, it, it's insane. The yeah. and I, I can't not say it. Jurassic Park is is I, in my opinion the perfect game. It is um, it, it's immersion at, at, at multiple levels in the game. It's not just the toy, which moves left and right, right? The the jeep, or as I call it, the, the not a jeep. Yeah. Um, as it moves left, that's the direction you're going to move on the playfield. Boom! Now you have that connected to the playfield, and you move left and right on the playfield based on the position of the jeep, and then add in. The LCD, which has you in first person perspective, driving a Jeep like yeah. that to me to this day, still combo the, the fact that, that that game is just so much fun to, to shoot and to play. And the rule set, while it took a hump like getting over in order to figure out exactly how to play it to this day, it's it 
I, I just understand it. it. It makes entirely too much sense as to how to play it. And then this crazy thematic immersion throughout the play field, the, to- the, the toys and the LCD, it, I, I'm, I'm, I struggle with, with ever giving, getting rid of it again unless it's to upgrade to an LE. Well, you could upgrade to an LE. There are three for sale right now. Um, 17500 18500 or $19,995. It's funny because I was going to jokingly say under twenty grand, but yeah. yeah. Three, 320 You know what, George? I would let you have mine for $25,000. being yeah, you know, it, it has generous. a topper and it has like the glow thing on the uh, shooter rod thing. So <laughs> you can see the topper back there. I'm I'm yes. good on the topper. Yeah. Okay. All right. See, in honestly, Dr- Godzilla for me is is the perfect package. Okay, I do have a question for you guys because I was just noticing this the other day when I was playing Godzilla. Um, my left stand-up target is migrating to the left, like right th- the ones next to the building. Are any of yours doing that? Your Tesla shot? No, it's... George, uh, yeah, it, it's the, the power line shot. Sorry. It, 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 it will give you Tesla strike once you hit both the power line shots. It, yeah, it, it's to each shot of the building. I like how George each, got up just to each go Each side look. of the building. Yeah, you didn't see it. This is a visual, but yeah. George got up and he's like, I'm going to go look at my play field. I think no, I'm going to look at my one. Line. Is yours doing that? No, no. It, they're, they're They're perfectly aligned right now. Yeah, because mine is my. And it's probably just because I'm a, I'm a. It's a brick fest for me. But um, on the left side, it really it's starting to migrate. Where I'm like, oh, that shot's getting a little more challenging. I think I may have to get like one of those, the the pin side mods that uh, hold those stand up targets straight up and down. Mine's migrating a little bit, but not bad. It, it's not terrible, but it's enough that I was like, oh, that's that's going to be an issue. The only complaint I have, and I haven't found anyone that's fixed it yet. Me, you guys know when you, the plunger for some odd reason, it like rattles there. Y- yes. I, um, no, mine does too. However, it makes the, the super duper skill shot easier to make. Cause I can, I, I'm able to drop it right behind the flipper and then hit the scoop. See, I haven't been able to do that yet. Cause I can't get it to go up around behind the upper flipper. Because it, yeah. it goes into that lane and just rattles around and then drops down. Oh, no. Like, it's, I've noticed for some reason, like, it depends on how smooth I'm trying to launch it. But if I, if I, if I pull it all the way back and then just let up like a millimeter or two, then I can typically get the, uh, the super great skill shot. Okay. I'll have to try that. So <laughs> George is like, sure. Yeah. Uh huh. Yep, yeah. Yep. He's like, whatever. I don't care. Okay, I, I, oh, you, I okay. I know it's hard to see, but I just barely sent you the picture, and you can see that it's barely starting to migrate to the left, and it, it looks a lot less, uh, less of a big deal than I, it actually is because it does make that shot a little harder. Oh, your your Manila shot, the one that comes back through the back door. Of the... Oh, yep, I see it. Yeah, yep, it, it it's migrating left. Yeah, yep. so I so I need to find I, I think the pinball life has those. I've never noticed because the manila shot does nothing. Well, I guess it does something, but it's uh um I just never shoot it because it's like an instant down the center. Okay, I didn't say that I like was good at shooting. I just said I hit it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
You know, but, the one that migrates the most there is the, um, it, it's not a standup. Well, it is kind of a standup, but in, uh, for Deadpool, the snicked shot. Oh yeah. Like yes. without, if it doesn't have the, uh, the, the upgraded backing that stops it from floating, like that will, that, that will move throughout the game to where you, you have to, you have to adjust on the fly where that, where that shot is. Oh, you I'm going to have to go look in. at my Deadpool and see if, uh, if the snicked is upgraded. That's when, what I need to when do. When did they upgrade those? Or is that, is that an aftermarket, George? aftermarket oh yeah so you'll need to send me a link on that because eventually i'll have to when i get better at that shot i will send you a link it is the first because i've owned deadpool twice now and uh and it was the first upgrade i did uh minutes after solidifying the deal on the second time i purchased it yeah and, and actually i've heard um chuck said the same thing about rush in that getting the stand up targets from migrating like he said, he said it becomes a big deal. Like I, I haven't put as much time. I need to, I need to troubleshoot mine still a little bit. The side ramp is still giving me an error, and I think it's just a probably a, a modification or just a, um, not a mod, but a an adjustment that will keep it. Because again, I think the, uh, I don't know if anyone else is having this problem, but my, it sounds like the VUC in the back left is firing independently just when yeah. I'm playing around. So it's, it's become kind of annoying, which is sad because I haven't played rush uh, because I haven't had time to actually fix it. So what's funny is I found that rush is so polarizing. Now that now it's been out there in the wild, people are starting to get their hands on it. People either love it or they hate it. Like I know a gentleman that bought one premium played what five games on it. And he's like, no, and I'm like, okay, okay. I'm giving him enough time, but he played it at Texas and stuff too, but he got it in his house and he's just like this isn't for me okay but josh there are two types of people in the world there are the people who like rush and the people who are wrong oh my goodness well it has nothing to do with the music or anything that's what's funny is like the game's almost as polarizing as the band because like you either love them or i hate them i guess there is middle ground people too like i'm middle ground i I don't mind listening to them but if i if if there's one thing i could change is i hate double in lanes I would definitely yes. just drop it and have a single in lane on both sides, but that's just because I'm a crappy player. So hmm. I loved X-Men and it feels the the layout feels very similar to it is. It is very similar. Yeah. yeah. So I'm really happy with the game so far. Uh, I the, uh, like the aesthetics of it short of the, the, the center, like uh, where, where the three different, three different band members are. I, I really, oh, you can put a red star over that. Come on, get the 2112 decal and you can just slap it on there. If it bugs you slap it right on in the middle of the play field. Sure. Why not? Okay. I like it. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. All right. Well, do we have any more questions about streaming or whatnot, Scott, before we move on to, we ha- I have just a couple topics we wanted to cover before. Okay. Before no, I, I, th- I think we're up. good, but that, I mean, that's a good resource. If you want to check out George, uh, We'll, we'll again include the links at the end. And uh, you also have some pretty cool swag, I've noticed. Yes. So so how can they get the swag? Before we move on to the topics, I want to know more about swag. Yeah, so uh, that's on silverballswag.com. Uh, they, th- there's a page there for Don't Panic Flip. I don't know the exact link. I'm probably like silverballswag.com something slash <laughs> Don't Panic Flip uh, for that. Also, I uh, and something I wanted to, if you to go mention, under pinball yeah. promoters. That's where it is. There you go. It's third one on the left. Awesome. Um, also, for for videos or if, if you're if you're hoping to get into into streaming, there's a few really good places to go. Um, the place I started off with was uh, was Jack Danger's webpage. That's still great, I think, for for getting started even today. 
And then uh, outside of that, uh, there's some videos that uh, MPT3K and I have done that walk you through like initially how to do it low budget and then uh, and then comparisons between higher end equipment. Uh, and you can check those out on MPT3K's uh, YouTube. And then outside of that, there's also the Pinball Community Discord. Um, and that's a public Discord just called the Pinball Community. There's a stream tech channel that is hit probably 20 or 30 times a day with either new streamers or existing streamers. Any and all questions are typically answered there with references all over the place. Okay, I I have a follow-up question. Okay, you have a pangolin shirt? <laughs> yes, I do. Okay. A what? A pangolin? A, a pangolin. Is that kind of like a liger? It, well, no, it's actually Concept. an endangered species. It looks like a, I don't know, it kind of looks like a, uh, a, a hedgehog with a long tail. Okay. And it's, it, it's ragged scales. Yeah. It's an endangered species that oh, for some reason I, people in China are eating because they think it's, it's delicious or something, but yeah, eating and they, uh, and also it's one of the most popular endangered species animals that people think they, they actually want to keep. Uh, there's, uh, if you could check out save the pangolins.com, um, there's, uh, uh, a charity that I uh, I and, and my daughter donate to every year. We have a couple of T-shirts that we get uh, yearly from them. Wow. I was gonna say I have your I've got your super sweet whale and brick shirt. <laughs> Is that one you can only earn, or can you buy that through Silverball Swag? No, you can only earn it by watching uh, by watching the streams. You have to redeem using points. Uh, and that is the uh, "Don't Panic" brick shirt, which is uh, a reference to actually the this tattoo, which is kind of hard for you guys to to see here. But oh, it's, wow. it's a moment in uh, in Hitchhiker's Guide where uh, two missiles are uh, using the impossibility engine turned into a uh, a bowl of petunias mm-hmm. and a uh, and a whale. And there's an it's amazing wonderful. conversation. Yes, <laughs> that happens where the the whale is trying to to figure out life just before it hits the 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 ground at uh, terminal velocity, and uh, and the the bowl of petunias says, "Oh no, not again!" Uh, also, just before hitting the ground, it's one of my favorite moments in in literature, and uh, and that shirt is a reference to that favorite moment. And that's in the first books. book, right? I think yes. it's in the first yep. book, yeah. I even love the narrators like, and if we understood why the petunias said that, we'd have a better understanding of life or something like that. Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I, I, I will say that when I turned 42, I did say, ask me anything now. I, I am the answer to everything. Yes. Life, the universe and everything. Yep. Mm-hmm. Do you know why it's actually 42? Uh, no. So I, in computer coding, I was told that 42 is, can be anything you want it to be. Like when they put, I know it's like zeros and ones, but like, when they attach certain codes to certain things, I guess 42, when you use that encode, it actually is whatever you need it to be. I don't know how that I works. Know about but that. I'm like, you'll have to Google it, but I'm I'm pretty for sure. Because someone was telling me about that. I was like, yeah, I don't know computer software that that well. So maybe okay. George can well, confirm for well, us. Well, Reddit. Reddit obviously has something on it. Oh, Reddit's the go-to. Yeah. If it's, yeah. If it's there, it's gospel. Legit. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, it's. Uh, I hope I'm not too late, but the sentence, it's the answer to life, the universe, and everything, everything. has 42 letters. Oh, oh, interesting. So thank you, Reddit, uh, from uh, hashtag deleted, whatever that is. So maybe uh, the account got deleted. <laughs> yeah. 
There are. Uh, it was too there, profound. They had to get rid of them. There are also forty-two dots on a pair of dice. Wow, all these things I did not know. Huh. You know what's interesting? Once you know the, once you start seeing the 40, number forty-two, you see it everywhere. Like I was at Disneyland, and we were walking through the Who Framed Roger Rabbit ride, and one of the doors that's in the waiting line is forty-two. Like they put forty-two oh. in there, like in the movies and stuff like that. You'll see forty-two everywhere once you. It's kind of like pin spotting. There needs to be like a 42 spotting. Like, you know how the Facebook group has pin spotting. So every time they see a pinball machine in a movie or a TV show, they always like clip it and put it there. Yeah, there needs to be a 42. Wouldn't surprise me on the software side that if if 42 is somehow usable somewhere, it's it's in response to uh to, to Douglas Adams book. Right. It's, it's probably linked for linked to that as opposed to came first. Right. Yeah, there's there's so many uh, nerd references throughout uh, like HTML. Let's say there's a specification where you can have a 404 page not found. That mm-hmm. error code is a, it's a 404 and it's it's built into to HTML as like an agreed upon. If you get a 404, this is what it means. One of them is 418, if I remember correctly, which is I'm a teapot. <laughs> I'm not making that up. That is a, a legitimate error code. And the 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 reasoning behind, I think, uh, an HTML status code 418 is I'm a teapot. Mm, nice. So you'll you'll find those kind of uh, hidden gems uh, throughout software all over the place. Well, I didn't realize that Douglas Adams wrote that book years ago, like in the late 70s, didn't he? Oh, yeah. It was a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize. It, it's held up so well to even to nowadays. Oh, wow. It just... I, now, I, in fairness, I have listened to the first book. I don't read. I, I listen to books. Uh, I've gotten halfway through the second book, and for some reason, I just stalled out. So I, I need to revisit it and and push through. But the first book was hilarious. First book is great. The first book is great. I've read it so many times. I've read the second book twice, and there's five books I think in that series. I right. never, I never finished them. I couldn't. I right. couldn't. It, they uh, seem I, to kind of wander, don't they? Yeah. But yeah. the first book's great. So. You know what well, they need a they, okay. Speaking of random books that have a big following, we need a good omens pinball machine. Oh my god, Neil Gaiman is great, fantastic, yeah. we fantastic should make that, book. Make yeah. that happen. As long as it's not based on the television show. No, I the would, audio. Actually, I thought the television show was okay, but the audio book was hilarious, and I still listen to it about every year. Yep, I'll have to check that one out. I actually have never listened to Good Omens or read mm-hmm. it. Oh so, my! Obviously. Anything, honestly, by Neil Gaiman. Like you could do never. Yes. You could just do a Neil Gaiman pin and do like Coraline, Neverwhere, okay, uh, Sandman. Yes. There would be there would be a line out the door for Sandman. Yes. yes, there's a big either movie or television show related to Sandman coming out. Mm-hmm. Well, there's also an audio book uh, from Audible. So hmm. nice. What All was right. there, uh, oh, I remember. What I was going to say. Did you know that the very last book in the what, what do they call it? The trilogy of five books for Hitchhikers actually was not written or finished by Douglas McAdams because he well, had passed away. Did he die? Yeah, he passed yeah. away. And yeah. so it's kind of like a collaborative effort. Uh, I want to say across did a couple of authors. Did you just make him Scottish, by the way? Is he Douglas McAdams now? Yeah, he's Douglas McAdams. <laughs> Doug McAdams. Oh, good. Oh, Doug, good. Doug McAdams. Oh, good. He had a, had a pint of Guinness and uh, forgot where he Is placed it. it. That's Irish. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Get your terrible stereotypes right. 
I am crossing so many. I'm just I'm quoting a Robin Williams stand up. You know, they said that the okay. Irish found civilization had a couple of pints of Guinness and forgot where they put it. That's probably yeah. <laughs> anyhow. Comment on the uh, on the the book side for that to happen. Robert Jordan did the the same thing. He oh, had Wheel of Time. Oh my gosh! And my my brother is a huge fan of Wheel of Time, and I just look at him like I can't I, I can't go down that rabbit hole. Oh yeah. Yes. Okay. Now considering you have them tattooed on your arm, that's what you're pointing to. Yeah. I, my problem is, and this is another reason why I don't get tattoos is because it would be like a giant Bon Jovi, New Jersey tattoo on my back <laughs> that I, I would like think it was cool for about a week. And then be like, what did I do? No, all of my favorite uh, books and, and quotes I have tattooed uh, down the left side of my body right now. Uh -huh. And uh, Blood and Bloody Ashes from The Wheel of Time is uh, is there. I, I love that series. I've read through it so many times. Okay. Okay. So Wheel of Time and, uh, and Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy and Good Omens. They're all coming up next. Uh, those are the new predictions for uh, all of the pinball uh, companies out there. Um, Spooky yes. was trying to get the license, but unfortunately, JJP got it from him. So, ah. well, I mean, if I could make a legitimate prediction of the next book that's going to become a movie that will eventually become a pin, then none of that has happened short of the book yet would be The Name of the Wind by Patrick Rothfuss, okay. uh, which got picked up um, by Lin-Manuel Miranda because hmm. it is a very musical focused book series. The problem is, is that the, the writer uh, Patrick Rothfuss is a complete slacker and he's taken 10 years to, to finish up the third book in the series, which I'm guessing is the biggest reason uh, they haven't committed to it yet. Likely due to right. the same concerns that game of Thrones had. Mm -hmm. yeah. It could have went uh, Scott Pilgrim st style. I mean, they hadn't even finished the final book and they were, they were making the movie. I mean, well, m most of the time, the the movies don't go to the end of the series anyway. They kind of give up after, you know. Yeah, it's a certain point. If you've ever uh, read this, the series of Scott Pilgrim, it actually follows it pretty close. It, okay. it does really well for the time frame. I mean, they really could have got a couple movies out of that, and I don't know why they jammed. How, is it five or seven books? No, six. Sorry, there's six books. Six, six books, yeah. So I have they the six Do you I'm have sorry. them tattooed on you? No, not yet. I will. Mm. There's no question. So I've got like four or five lined up that I'm going to do all at once because uh, I the the arm is all done. I've got the, the uh, my I think third Harry Potter tattoo. So I've got to go down the the side and then start hitting my leg because it goes all the way over my shoulder and it goes down nice. the, the backside. Okay, that that um, is by far more commitment than I have to any sort of artwork. So my my hat oh. off to you, sir. Well, and the and the the dorkiness factor of it is it started off with a uh, with a sure yeah if we're not dorky enough already um or nerdy um it's a it's a it's a dragon uh so all the 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 quotes are around a dragon but the dragon doesn't have wings which is often referred to in literature as a worm w y r m okay yeah mm -hmm. so it's a bookworm is nice the, yeah is, cool. brings it all together yes love it um. But yeah, uh, Edgar Wright, uh, I think, wrote the script and uh, and directed uh, uh, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, which to this day, between that and another Edgar Wright film, which is Hot Fuzz, are two of my absolute favorite, I feel like, masterpieces in in filming yes. and enjoyable content online. And I love Scott Pilgrim, not only the, the book series, and to go back, Josh, but to what you were saying, there are in the first book actual scenes from from the the, the comic slash book that are, yes. are almost like 300 style directly happen in the movie and are nailed perfectly it, oh, it's yes. so fantastic hmm. it, it, it's it, 
the translation from the book to the movie is perfect. Mm-hmm. And just some of the little nuances in that is I just it's great. Uh, yeah. The whole the even the first battle scene from the first Evil X. It's all it's in almost, there. It's like it's almost like word for word and everything. it's it's just great. If you haven't checked out the Scott Pilgrim series, please do yourself a favor. I, they're a graphic novel, so if you're into comic books, but it just the whole series is fantastic. It's just I think they're reprinting them all as colorized and stuff like that now too. You can get the full series or whatever. Mm. But go go through your Kindle or whatever. Read the first one. If you're into video games, it's worth your time. It's all retro throwback stuff. It's like Ready Player A or something, or Ready Player One or something. But not as a stylized. Okay. I, I don't know how else to explain it. It's 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 almost like a love letter to the old games. Um. It's okay. that awkward phase of someone's life where they're kind of transitioning from like, I got out of high school and I'm living on my own and I'm trying to figure out life. And uh, some people have got figured out and some people do not. And Scott Pilgrim does not have it figured out. So it's it's just a great book. It's a great book. So. Well, as, uh, as Glenn would say, check it out, right? Ch- ch- check it out. All right. I, you guys touched on something and I'm going to use this to segue really quick. Okay. predictions for the next jjp game we've seen on their social media pages that they are gearing up they are producing next games do we think it's toy story is I there would, any other is there i, any other I would game? be shocked if it weren't toy story it's it's like how long of the build-up for guns and roses was there I and mean, it was it, it was really the worst kept secret out there and so it's almost it's almost ridiculously open at this point that we're just waiting for it to finally drop um, I would put it this way. I would be shocked beyond belief if it weren't Pat Lawler and Toy Story. So my question to you is, because we're all family men here, it, are you in on one? Is it one of those things you've got to see at first? Is it something that you absolutely love? Uh, you know, Toy Story is a little mixed for me. Uh, and this is probably just a theme thing for me because... I think the first one and the second one are great movies. Um, the third one, it almost felt like, oh, we're doing this again? Um, wait, uh, something interesting happens and they get stuck and then they have to find some elaborate escape. And then the last one, I felt like, okay, so now not only do I think all my all my abandoned Luke Skywalker dolls are out there somewhere, um, abandoned in the backwoods somewhere running around, but it's, it's almost like I appreciate the theme for the original Toy Story and Toy Story 2. But when it gets beyond that, you know, kind of the initial grow up phase, it, it, it starts losing the magic for me. And I would say the same thing about uh, Wreck-It Ralph. For me, it, it, that connects to me on a, on a big level because I love the original, the, the theme, the integration was amazing. And at the very end, it is this, hey, we're wrapped up in this in this really neat feel-good story. And I, I understand the second one. Uh, and it was fun to kind of go down those things. But it was almost like, yeah, okay, like we're it's interesting, but it's still the same thing. It's like, hey, they develop this relationship and then they fight and they break up and then they kind of this uh they reconcile and have this kumbaya. But it it doesn't seem like it's as magical at the end than I would say the original record Ralph. So Long story longer. Um, Toy Story for one and two, if they could just keep it at those two, then I would really appreciate it. Um, and it would probably connect with me uh, on the theme. Okay, second, layout. 
Um, Pat Lawler's a mixed bag for me. Uh, I like playing a little faster uh, than he typically does. And most of his games are typically uh, trap up, shoot. Okay, recover. Okay, trap up, shoot. Okay, recover. And I know that he's produced, he's designed amazing games out there. And uh, maybe just better players appreciate his style more than me. Um, but I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of at, at that. I need to see it first. What do you think, George? I'm right there with you. I, um, I really enjoyed the first couple of, uh, of toy stories and I think you nailed it. I think you nailed it there, Scott, with the, uh, if they can keep it focused on the first two, it makes the most sense. The, the third story I feel like was, um, the first one that was shifted more towards the parents as opposed to the kids. And it had to do with separation anxiety as your kid goes to college. And then the fourth one was, in my opinion, addressing what parents do with, um, Sorry, what's the phrase for when your your kids are no longer in in your home empty and nesters. empty nesters? There you go. Yeah. So the the fourth one I feel like was really targeting the concept of empty nesters and what do you do with your life after your kids have gone on? So do you do you do you move on? Do you separate? Do you what does that what does that look like when you're no longer? It, it just it seems like it, the 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 third and the fourth movie had nothing to do with kids and yeah. uh, and and how do you even play that in a in a pinball game like can i'm imagining as you progress through the third movie or the fourth movie and like buzz and uh, and Woody decide they're going to go their separate ways. Are you bawling at the end of that game because it was such a, a heartbreaking moment that that you're reminded of? I'm I Toy Story seems like a weird theme to me. It's it's one that I can totally understand why people would get behind, but Toy Story seems so not at face value uh, having anything to do with toys or or kids especially in the later movies so mm-hmm. i think if they kept it focused to the first two it would make um it would make a lot of sense or at least make it a lot more fun unless of course they did a, a 180 and what if it's toy story only a name but it's focused on lightyear the new movie that's coming out um uh, about buzz and that to me i could get excited about because there's uh it's toy story and we happen there's going to be some fun references likely but it's a science fiction movie about a, a character from from a toy story universe of television show but there's some fourth wall breaking there i feel like or some some serious meta going on with now this is the 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 realistic version of a live action television series that the kids love from the cartoon that we love growing up with i don't know it's kind of confusing as to what this actually is, but I could get excited if it was about light year as opposed to toy story. See, in me, I'm really nervous because I know my kids will love this for some odd reason. We've well, not odd reason. I know why I've got two, three year olds and I've got an 11 year old. So Disney plus is hot commodity in this household. And for a month straight, we watched nothing but toy story. One, two, three, four, the offshoots, the Halloween special, the, Every little Toy Story thing we could get our hands on, which it seems like we watched that month. And, I, and I, I think you're right. I think if they keep it just to maybe the first movie, maybe the first two, uh, it would work out fine. I do have a, and I think it's hard too, because the first one, if you watch the first one and then you watch the fourth one, CGI has come so far. Oh, no, it, yeah, I, I watched the first one. Uh, the I don't know. Well, it was actually on. So we went on a Disney cruise. Okay, so uh, most of the time I was slathered in um, in sunblock and standing in the middle of the pool with this giant Disney movie playing while my kids uh, kicked, prodded, and poked me as they were swimming around me. 
Um, and so, yes, I, I noticed that, especially when you look at Sid's face, yes. um, the bad kid, you're like, oh, wow, that is definitely a, a big, a big deal. But I would say the, the toy animations still hold up. Yes. Like it, it's the, it's the human animations that have been completely changed, but the toy animations, uh, I would say they would hold up. Um, yeah, I, I still think it'll sell a boatload of games. Because yes. it is uh, it is a theme that almost everybody can at least be interested in, um, at least accessible. It's not going to polarize people like Rob Zombie or something. I, I'm trying to think of a theme that could get released right now that, assuming it has the backing of a company that's not just going to ruin the code or make some really awful mistakes with regards to the to the to the layout or something like that 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 just won't sell right now. There's so many people who, who I, want pinball machines. I, I would say, uh, th- there is, there is some, some rumblings like my, this is what I noticed my friends who are in real estate is that he, uh, he's felt like tremors in the force where there are people who are having a little more challenge on, on selling their, their high priced homes. And, and I will say that he's dealing with really high end homes, but still people are like, Oh, I don't know if I'll qualify for that. And so I don't know. And, and, I think what's what eventually is going to happen is I mean, we love pinball. We're obviously pinball freaks uh, for for lack of a better term, and we will probably be interested in buying these uh, these high priced toys, uh, regardless of the market. However, we're going to start losing some casual people, yeah. and I, I and especially something like this where people in pinball already have a feeling of Lawler. Are they? really interested in the Lawler game or are they not interested in the Lawler game? Are they interested in the JJP game or are they not interested in the JJP game? Whereas you're going to start losing the casual people who they don't know anything about that, but they know Toy Story. My, my nervousness is too, is that this whole play field thing really plays into that. It makes me nervous when someone buys their very first game and a chunk of their play field comes off (laughs) and the company supporting it's like, yeah, we're not going to do anything about that. Here's a washer. And here's a washer, put it over the hole. Um, that's my big concern too, is, is yeah, at the same, like, to be fair, all companies have a a similar issue and, and we, I, I own tons of Stern games, but you had a play field issue with TMNT. Correct. But they, they took care of me with no problem. Okay. They did, but they gave you a new play field. Yeah. The the printing was off on the play field. So they gave you a new play field, but Okay, I mean that's yes, they they did make good on it. However, you would have to spend a lot of effort to to depopulate and repopulate your playfield, and so sure. it wasn't a populated playfield. Yeah, it wasn't a populated. Oh, yeah, and, and so you yeah. see what I'm saying is like I I mean I don't want to be that person who's just picking on one company because all sure. companies have have supply chain issues and they also have quality control issues and. While they're trying to do to make do, there's you know there's only so much they can do. That's the depressing part, though. Is like I I get it. I I totally get it. Stern sending me a uh, a blank playfield is still a step up from doing nothing nothing. at all. No, absolutely. Or or giving some uh, some hard as nails uh, finger polish paint. Yeah. Yeah. So, Uh, one thing I wanted to add was about the uh, the housing market. You know, we're up almost two and a half percent. 
since I think I, I purchased even even the place I'm currently in right now. Mm-hmm. So just in the past six months, the yeah. in order to combat, um, uh, oh my gosh, I can't inflation. think of right inflation. Thank you. In order to combat inflation, they've increased the uh, the mortgage rates up two and a half percent. Which yeah. would lead into why people on the the housing side are starting. Right, to- they're, they're starting, but you're going to feel that there's less. Um, I, I know it's more of a, a feeling, but less easy money out there. And sure. yeah, the, what happens is people start thinking, "Well, I'm, I, you know, I don't need to take that luxury thing." I mean, the the toys are the first things to go, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to dig into that because I feel like that's a can of worms within itself. Uh, but yeah, I, I get what you're saying. So it's going to be interesting to see what the market does here. And I feel like that's a segment for a different show. Because I still want to do one more thing okay. before we wrap this all up. I know we're at the one hour mark. Well, technically a little more because of what happened before. Anywho, I've got a segment still. And I, I notified these two about it. But if you guys have never listened to Slap Save Pinball podcast, which I can't actually find on the internet Pull anymore. out the Wayback Machine. Yeah, let's pull out the Wayback Machine. They used to play a game called Flip Bolt Torch. Uh, it's very simple. We're going to pick a year of pinball machine. Uh, I will give those, these guys the list. They're going to decide which one they're going to flip for money, which one they're going to bolt to their floor, and which one they're going to torch, whether with gasoline or uh, a lava pit. I don't care how you do it. You could do Todd Tucky style off Todd the Tucky. roof. Throw the Street Fighter off the roof. So I've picked the year, and I'm going to go very specific with the year because I'm pretty for sure uh, if I... Uh, if I say the Gottliebs in this year, that you guys would be like, yeah, I'm I'm gonna torch Punchy the Clown. <laughs> oh come <laughs> so, on, Punchy the Clown was awesome. <laughs> so here's the year. You ready for this? We're gonna go Bally Williams, 1993. Okay. So here okay. is the list. Okay. Go ahead. What Scott? No, yes. no, no. I'm saying okay. I'm I'm. Oh, okay. I'm ready. You ready? Ready? Yeah. Okay. Brom Stoker's Dracula. Okay. Indiana Jones: The Pinball Adventure. Judge Dredd, Star Trek Next Generation, Twilight Zone, and White Water. That, that is, is quite tough. the list. That is that's a good year. Year, yeah. Okay, so g- yeah. give me those again. I I did write them down. So Bram Stoker's okay. Dracula. Yep. Um, Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones. I have Judge Dredd, Star Trek: The Next Generation, Twilight Zone, and White Water. So we have six to choose from. You have six to choose from. Man, that's that was a really good year, and they did. I mean, heck, Twilight Zone they produced fifteen thousand. Uh, Whitewater was seven thousand. Man, they were pumping out games back then. Mm-hmm. I mean, just in those two alone, were over thirty thousand. Okay, now the challenging thing is, I actually do. I, I know immediately it's one like of over the 20, answers. Okay, I know immediately one of the answers. So, so do you want to go first, Scott, or do you? Should we all do our okay? Let's all do our flip first. Which one okay. is that? Is that the one you're going with, Scott? Yeah, that's that's the one I, I immediately know. Okay, which one are you flipping? I'm flipping Twilight Zone. Really? Um, because I actually, ironically, I actually have a super nice Twilight Zone. Okay? okay. It's never been in my house. It's been at my friend's for about three years now. Oh. Three or four years in in his house. And I can't really say that I miss it. Um, but it's a super nice Twilight Zone, and I'm like, well, I I don't like I I I can't bring myself to sell it yet. But hey, if you're looking for a super nice Twilight Zone, uh, so that's the one I would sell. 
Cause, okay. cause it's just, it's never for some reason had the pull to bring it into my house. It's you'd sell that over draft or Indiana Jones, huh? Yeah. You know, I, I like Indiana Jones and my friends, my friend had a nice Indiana Jones that he finally sold, but I played it and I felt like, Hey, this is a fun game, but it still had that. I don't know. It kind of felt like I was playing at Chuck E. Cheese a little bit. Like it, 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 it felt like, yeah, it, and it's okay. And it does some cool things, but it never felt like I, it, it never really charged me. So. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. George, which one are you flipping with? animatronic uh, mice eating pizza in the background kind of thing. Is yeah, that exactly? Yeah. Well, it's kind of the demented ones too. Cause you know, the, the last time I went to Chuck E. Cheese, I swear that I got hepsi. I'm, I'm just, I have, I, I've neither been confirmed nor denied, but they had one pinball machine that I'm not kidding. Had uh, one flipper was in the, in the salute position the whole time. And the other one was missing a rubber. So it was just, it, it, it was a, it was a Pirates of the Caribbean. And I think that it wasn't even ridden hard and put away wet. It was sunk to the bottom of the ocean. It was that bad. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my goodness. Okay. So uh, selling, I'm selling whitewater. You're selling whitewater, huh? Okay. Yes. Uh, only, but at, at, with the caveat that I would keep it for like a year or two before selling it and wait for the value to go up in preparation for whitewater 2.0 or whatever that, that next rule set is and, and really make the, the, the cash, uh, assuming that it, it's, uh, like what happened to, uh, Rudy's nightmare would happen with whitewater. Hmm. Gotcha. Okay. All right. What about you, Josh? I think I would flip. I, I think I'm there with you with twilight zone it's hard because i'd either do twilight zone or indiana jones okay um both wide bodies both wide bodies Mm -hmm. both ridiculously priced for what they are Mm -hmm. uh i mean what are our indiana jones is going for like definitely north of 10k aren't it was kind of crazy my friend sold his for and i think i can say this he sold it for eleven thousand with the anticipation of buying the new um cactus canyon and his was his wasn't HEP quality, but it was like a step below HEP quality. And, um, I, and I was surprised that he sold it for that. Cause it, it sold in like 10 minutes. I'm like you could have got like 13 or 14,000 for it, yeah. but he didn't. Okay. So I, I will firmly, you know what? I'm going to go with twilight zone. Okay. Uh, one of the most iconic, both of you guys went, Twilight Zone. And it's one of the most iconic pinball machines of all time. Like in every movie show where pinball shows up, it's a Twilight Zone. I get it. And I get it. It's it's the same thing, though, as as Adam's family, for some reason, because I didn't get into pinball during the 90s. I got into into pinball in the last 10 years. It doesn't have that nostalgic connection for me. And if I put a Twilight Zone or an Adam's family next to a Jurassic Park, I'm gonna take the jurassic park i mean every time just because it's just east jurassic park or the stern well no i data east lost world is where my heart really is set so yeah oh wow no i'm kidding you and greg bone must get along well (laughs) (laughs) well and i think the thing is too is twilight zone it it is a good game it is iconic it's it's a really fun game i actually when i got into the hobby that's one of the ones i really focused on when i first got in but i think the problem is it's kind of a one-trick pony like it's left ramp right ramp you know, shoot the piano. 
Mm -hmm. and you're just you're trying to churn out there's way too many modes and they're all just like you're churning out modes after modes legitimately that's exactly the game i was thinking of when we were talking about uh if it's in a competition there's only one way to play it yeah Mm -hmm. so and and really that that was a when uh josh sharp said that you know the game that you love and the game that you hate and it was the both answer was twilight zone because in the tournament setting, it's it's very it's a one trick pony. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Which one are you bolt to the floor, Scott? Uh, you know, I'm going to take Whitewater. It's just it's fun. A, a great restored Whitewater, and I know it's not super deep um, compared to any modern ones, but it's still just a fun game to play. And anytime, so my friend, when I go over to his house, and he says the one that always gets played is Whitewater. Like everybody just just gravitates toward that. And because my house is it's more of a social house, I, I bring people over. I had a church group over recently and was just showing them the different games. And so it's interesting to see which games they they gravitate toward. I mean, they they like some there's something about Whitewater that pulls them in. It's the same reason why I still have my Stern Pirates of the Caribbean, because they all go and play Stern Pirates of the Caribbean. Same thing as Simpsons. Everybody goes and plays Simpsons. And a lot of times these newer games that I really like, they don't, they don't connect with. I got to bolt Indiana Jones. Just okay. I, the theme is, is, is amazing. It's uh it's, I would struggle between choosing Twilight Zone or, or Indiana Jones only that it's, it's difficult, but it, that half a second and, and I'd lean towards Indiana Jones. I, um, grew up with the movies there uh when the, when you're hitting the pops up at the top and you actually get the sound of the punches which are so it's such a an iconic sound from the indiana jones franchise um it, all of it the the theme immersion is great i i love the it, it's one of those games that uh, one day when i have room i'll i'll own and and that will be one of the few bolted to the floor pinball machines for me okay even though Indiana Jones really has no outcome on Raiders of the Lost Ark, he could have not have showed up and nothing would have happened different. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So All right. Despite that, I'm still, I'm still in. And, and it's, well, it's, it's, it, it's Indiana Jones and it's better than the stern Indiana Jones. Oh, yes. okay. The stern Indiana Jones never existed. Okay. Okay. We, we yeah. went uh, in the multiverse that would never have made it. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I do enjoy Indiana Jones and I've got a better appreciation for it now that they've released it on pinball FX and I've been playing the crap out of that on my because it is so tuned in. Yes. That that is really the problem with those games is because usually when you get and find them, the flippers stink so bad. You cannot hit all the shots. Yeah. Well, what's funny too, is that game is so heavenly or heavenly, heavenly, (laughs) heavily dependent on the bonus. Like your score looks tiny. And then depending on how many modes you've completed, all of a sudden your bonus shoots up. It's the size of the bonus, Josh, size of the bonus. It is. It is one of those games. I think I'm, uh, I'm, I'm probably bolting whitewater. I whitewater. I just, I feel it's funny because like I'm sitting there with my son today and I'm like, do you feel like this game is a game from 1993? You've got earth shaker. That's from 1990. Mm -hmm. That's three years before. Right. And I'm, I feel like the premise of whitewater, even though it's simple, it's one of those, simple to learn hard to master kind of games and it feels so good every time you get the va- vacation jackpot if you can actually get to that mm-hmm. and lining up the five times with the with the multi-ball and uh, blowing away 100 million jackpots 
it, it just it feels so good. I do love Indiana Jones. I love the mode base on that. I think the wide body is what kills it for me, though. It plays just a little too slow, even though that play field's pretty packed, and so you kind of don't notice it for the most part, and the ramps are pretty quick to come back to you. Um, but I think it's that... And granted, this is all in a vacuum, right? Like I'm assuming that these games that we're getting are like perfect, like your your right. path of adventure, whatever it is, is going to work every single time and whatnot. But um, yeah, I just Indiana Jones it, it is a great game, but I just I think Whitewater edges it out for me, which is okay. kind of weird. Right. So, so okay, this is a really great list. Is there any, which one you which one you torture, Scott? Okay. Oh come on, this is this has to be universal. Like if you if you all don't agree with me, then then this is ridiculous. It's Judge Red. I mean, the the thing's a fly, flaming ah. turd ball. It is horrible. I'm not going to agree with you on that. Oh, I'm like, I don't know wow. if I agree with you on that. Wow, it's a turd. Sorry, no chance. I I, I, I don't think I'd ever want to own a Judge Red. Have you ever played the game? Yes, I have played a game. The layout on it is, is is fun. I enjoy shooting it. The artwork on it is one of actually one of my favorite uh, artwork related like playfields. I I think it it feels very true to the original comic. Okay, uh, the okay, it's a wide body that has like two thirds of the game uh, like disappeared because of that stupid disc in the upper left. <laughs> the You're underworld planet or whatever it is. Yeah, the dead world. Dead world. That's what it is. Dead world. Yeah. Seriously, you could pull that out and use it for frisbee golf. <laughs> I don't know. It's still a great game, and it's got two different rule sets to it. It's one of those unique games where they had two rule sets between the super game and the regular game. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you're wrong, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't and know. For the price, you can't go wrong. Location. Okay. Did you did you guys notice that four of these six are all wide bodies? Oh, is yeah, this that year of wide bodies? Yeah, yeah. This is when they started doing the super pins. Yeah, there, there was only two that weren't wide bodies: the Bram Stoker, Bram Stoker's Dracula and Whitewater. Hmm. Um, I'd have to burn uh, Star Trek: The Next Generation. Oh, it's it's on fire already because of all the shorting out. <laughs> there's there's always issues. It's the one game I feel like whenever I play it on location, it usually doesn't play well. Mm-hmm. And when I have played it when it does play well, I'm constantly reminded by how much I can't stand the television show. It's, oh, wow. Even okay. version is great. Um, and, and I, I can appreciate it, but I, I get, I get, I, I don't know why I get, I get so turned off <laughs> based on, uh, on TNG, which I just wasn't a fan of. Hmm. It, it is an interesting time capsule though. Like if you watch galaxy quest, I mean, it's hilarious because it's just, it's crushing them. Yes. One of the greatest movies. That's that's up okay. there. Hot that fuzz. is, not, that is not a movie. That is a documentary based on how, how, how dysfunctional the original Star Trek cast members were. <laughs> I'm going to have to rewatch that now. Yes, oh, you do. The, okay. Uh, Alan Rickman with the by oh, grab stars hammer. So great. Swallow his pride and say, what a savings as they're yeah. opening for a new Best Buy style store. It's one of the greatest moments in in film. Period. It's so it's it's awesome. Okay. Spe- speaking of the, uh, I guess the since he's the doppelganger for uh, for Spock, have you have you Googled um, uh, Len- Leonard Nimoy and the Ballad of Bilbo Baggins? I haven't. No, oh, it is great. You basically just Google it. Actually, you know what? 
delete this podcast right now and go and watch that. <laughs> and you have to watch the video because it is straight out of the late 70s, late 60s, early 70s. And I think they had to have been on LSD when they made it. I'm so concerned right now that somehow Tom Bombadil is is included in the ballad of of Bilbo Baggins. Although it really isn't about Bilbo because uh, Lord of the Rings is where Tom Bombadil came in. And as long as Tom Bombadil is not incorporated, I think I'm I'm okay with everything you just said. Uh, yeah, he's he's not, but it's great. Yeah. Okay, because Tom Bombadil is the biggest crutch I feel like in in narrative fan or in 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 epic fantasy. And yeah. uh, and Dennis, that 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 goes out to you, Mr. Creasel. Okay, le- legitimately, the movies are better than the books on Lord of the Rings. Totally saying it. Wow, I think I could actually agree with that. Yeah. Uh, the the books, I, I was I was trying to listen to. If I could have listened to those on four times speed, I would have. Because now, oh my gosh, the the Lord of the Rings, the books weren't weren't a great read. I think there's there's moments that are are so iconic, like as um um. Uh, Gimli and Legolas are are yelling back and forth sure. uh, at the battle, to, uh, counting up the number of um, of kills that they have. Mm-hmm. But the Hobbit, um, I think that Tolkien was a much better writer yeah. uh, when when he came back and did and did the Hobbit. I'm it was more streamlined yeah. right now. Yeah, and ironically, the uh, the movie the, the movie uh, quality inversed. This, yeah. Yes, exactly. Yes. Yep. I, I I watched the first one. I just couldn't even put in the other two. I own all three because they were like on a sale. It was a combo I, sale. I have the same thing. Yeah, and yeah. it was like super cheap digitally, and so I own them. And I don't think I've ever. I have all the extended versions. I don't think I've ever finished them. Yeah, that's because I don't have the time. If I could watch the yeah. movie on top double speed, I would too. So yeah. Okay. I, I I think I'm right there with George. I I'm torching Star Trek to next generation, and I think it's because of that stupid canon mode. You can't get around and you have to shoot right up the middle into the hole. And even that hole is annoying to get into. Mm-hmm. Just like it's not. I want a shot that feels satisfying to hit. Not like just some little dinky hole that I don't know. It just okay, I, don't know, I, I, I will say I was going to if I was going to do a twofer, I would have burned both of them. But mainly it was on the reliability issues on Star Trek The Next Generation. See, like, and that's why I said we're in a vacuum where they'd work perfectly. So, yeah. But no, I I just there's something about next generation. Maybe it's because Richie took that game, made it into a a a regular a standard body, and made such a great game in the Star Trek the new movies. Mm -hmm. It's such a good game. It makes next gen look just that much worse. Yeah, but next gen does have that connection to the '90s nostalgia. So I, I I'm okay with that connection. I didn't think it was as terrible of a show. As uh, George did, but uh, still, the uh... I I have a problem with everyone's defense of the next generation when they tell you that the first season wasn't great. It just make it to the second and third seasons and you'll really enjoy it. But that's it's like 24 episodes or 20. Like that is a huge chunk, a big chunk. Ignore the entire first season. That would be like getting into a 12 or 13 book series and being like, you know, yeah. Uh, oh, Kushiel's Dart actually is a series I have never been able to finish because I've been told by multiple people you have to make it 400 pages into the first book before Sorry. it really picks up. I'm yeah, not, not going to happen. Not, yeah, yeah, I don't have the kind of time. That. Yeah, I, I, I will say the, um, you know, um, uh, I guess I would say a better series than Star Trek Next Generation would be the Babylon 5 series. If you, okay. if, if you want that connection. 
Is, is the Babylon actually, Five the one where they they're constantly in the bar and drinking? And there's that, that's Cheers. <laughs> I feel like there's a Star Trek television series where they spend like twenty or thirty percent of every episode in a bar setting. Oh, I don't know. Maybe that's probably Deep Space Nine. I'm betting. I, I I'm not I'm not a Trekkie. I I caught episodes here and there, but the Babylon Five series was actually really interesting because it was written by um michael stravinsky or whatever his uh it's uh he's a comic book writer he actually wrote oh. for a lot of the uh, he wrote for marvel in the 80s and 90s and so it follows very much a a comic book arc uh from start to finish so i have to give that a go yeah it's it's a good one by and it's it is a little weird because they thought they were going to run out of funding between four and five and the five was supposed to be the wrap-up series but so they filmed like an end uh, an end movie that uh, they had like these standalone movies that were with it too. And, but they did get funding and so they finished it. And so you have to do probably Google it like the best way to watch the series, just because it's a little disjointed if you watch it in the release. So, well, I'm going to wrap this bad boy up. Thank you for that, Scott. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Way, way too nerdy. We, we went super like, like Comic-Con for this whole thing. So there's nothing wrong with I'm that. I'm sure there's stuff that Josh will be like, yeah, that's not, <laughs> that's not making the cut. So George, if we want people to get a hold of you, how do they get a hold of you? Uh, they can check me out on twitch.tv slash don't panic flip. Uh, I also have a, a website, uh, which is don't where I have a blog where we talk about uh, science fiction and fantasy novels, uh, how to stream and, uh, just a plethora of different things. There's also a lot of photography on there. Uh, and outside of that, there's the, the pinball network. Uh, you can check out the website, the pinball.network and, uh, also the pinball community discord where, uh, I feel like all super active on that discord. I agree. I'm on there as well. It's a nice, it's a nice discord. Scott. I guess I'll, I'll do the outro. I always do the outro. So <laughs> if you want to get a hold of us, we're Loser Kid Pinball Podcast at loserkidpinballpodcast at gmail.com. If you want to get a hold of us on the socials on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or Twitch, it's all at Loser Kid Pinball. We've simplified it so you don't have to put in the podcast part. Uh, we're more than happy to talk with you and whatnot. We like to chit chat a little bit on there. And uh, we're super stoked. Please keep an eye on the Facebook page over the next couple weeks. We are releasing puzzle pieces. I, I did finger quotes there uh, to the general public. There are some people behind the seats that knows what's going on. And it, 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 this is exciting. I'm glad that George has agreed to join on our ship for this along with the other. I counted the other day. I think we have 20 plus people involved in what we're doing. So uh, it's, it's quite the little army of what we've got going on. I hope yeah. that's enough to wet your whistle. Yes, and, and, and big shout to Michael Barnard who uh, did the rush art, and he actually helped us out with the with the art for this project too. So, ooh, is that giving away too much information? Uh, maybe, maybe. I don't know. We'll leave it on that. So, thanks again for joining us, George. Uh, always, wa it's always great to watch and have you on uh, watching your stream. And I'm I'm glad that we finally got to have you on the the podcast. This is awesome. So, thanks so much for having me on. You guys are awesome. This was a fun conversation. See you in two weeks. Yep, see you in two weeks. Bye.